0: At last, Tennessee's guilt became flagrant. One day, he overtook a stranger on his way to Red Dog. The stranger afterward related that Tennessee beguiled the time with an interesting anecdote and reminiscence, but illogically concluded the interview in the following words. And now, young man, I'll trouble you for your knife, your pistols, and your money. You see, your weapons might get you into trouble at Red Dog, "'and your money's a temptation to the evilly disposed. "'I think you said your address was San Francisco. "'I shall endeavor to call.' "'It may be stated here that Tennessee had a fine flow of humor, "'which no business preoccupation could wholly subdue. "'This exploit was his last. "'Red Dog and Sandy Barr made common cause against the highwaymen. "'Tennessee was hunted in very much the same fashion as his prototype, "'the grizzly.' As the toils closed around him, he made a desperate dash through the bar, emptying his revolver at the crowd before the arcade saloon and so on up Grizzly Canyon. But at its farther extremity he was stopped by a small man on a gray horse. The men looked at each other a moment in silence. Both were fearless, both self-possessed and independent, and both types of a civilization that in the 17th century would have been called heroic. But in the 19th, simply reckless what have you got there I call said Tennessee quietly two bowers and an ace said the stranger as quietly showing two revolvers and a bowie knife that takes me returned Tennessee and with this gamblers epigram he threw away his useless pistol and rode back with his captor it was a warm night The cool breeze which usually sprang up with the going down of the sun behind the chaparral-crested mountain was that evening withheld from Sandy Bar. The little canyon was stifling with heated, resinous odors, and the decaying driftwood on the bar sent forth faint, sickening exhalations. The feverishness of day and its fierce passion still filled the camp. Lights moved restlessly along the bank of the river, "'striking no answering reflection from its tawny current. "'Against the blackness of the pines, "'the windows of the old loft above the express office "'stood out staringly bright, "'and through their curtainless panes, "'the loungers below could see the forms of those "'who were even then deciding the fate of Tennessee. "'And above all this, etched on the dark firmament, "'rose the Sierra, remote and passionless, "'crowned with remoter, passionless stars.' The trial of Tennessee was conducted as fairly as was consistent with a judge and jury who felt themselves to some extent obliged to justify, in their verdict, the previous irregularities of arrest and indictment. The law of Sandy Bar was implacable, but not vengeful. The excitement and personal feeling of the chase were over. With Tennessee safe in their hands, they were ready to listen patiently to any defense, which they were already satisfied was insufficient. There being no doubt in their own minds, they were willing to give the prisoner the benefit of any that might exist. Secure in the hypothesis that he ought to be hanged on general principles, they indulged him with more latitude of defense than his reckless hardihood seemed to ask. The judge appeared to be more anxious than the prisoner, who, otherwise unconcerned, evidently took a grim pleasure in the responsibility he had created. "'I don't take any hand in this here game,' had been his invariable but good-humored reply to all questions. The judge, who was also his captor, for a moment vaguely regretted that he had not shot him on sight that morning, but presently dismissed this human weakness as unworthy of the judicial mind. Nevertheless, when there was a tap at the door, and it was said that Tennessee's partner was there on behalf of the prisoner, he was admitted at once without question. Perhaps the younger members of the jury, to whom the proceedings were becoming irksomely thoughtful, hailed him as a relief. For he was not certainly an imposing figure, short and stout, with a square face, sunburned into a preternatural redness, clad in a loose duck jumper and trousers streaked and splashed with red soil. His aspect under any circumstances would have been quaint, and was now even ridiculous as he stooped to deposit at his feet a heavy carpet bag he was carrying it became obvious from partially developed legends and